Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. G'day everyone. Happy Friday. Lauren Cress, the business scientist here and welcome to another episode of seen and heard uh, for the Grow Your Brand show. Sorry, that was, I just got some alerts on my computer. So let me just tell that to be quiet because that's annoying. Um, before we begin today's live stream, I'd just like to take a moment to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. I pay my respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders living and working on the land. So big show today. This is actually my last seen and heard live stream for the year because next week at this time, I'm going to be joining Sally Curtis on her live stream show. You might remember Sally from earlier this week on my show. Uh, if you're listening, you won't because this is on the live stream. It's not on the podcast yet. Uh, so yeah, but I've got one, I think it's one more interview live stream next week with Renee Hasseldean, which will be awesome. Renee is the author of uh, the Game Changer book that I've been talking about as like being a pretty big game changer. <laughs> so she's going to join me for a chat, which will be super, super awesome. Uh, and yeah. Oh, I also want to just quickly go off on a little tangent about the sound today. So if you're watching this on the live stream, you're going to be getting desktop sound and hopefully fingers crossed, you're not getting an echo. If you are getting an echo, please let me know. What I've had to do because Roadcaster Pro and StreamYard have decided to not like each other anymore is I'm recording the podcast on Roadcaster directly. So it's not actually using the USB connection. I'm actually just, just recording directly to the recorder. And then on the live stream version, it's just going through my internal speakers on my desktop. So if there's any sound issues, please let me know. Okay. So, oh, and one more thing. I want to give a quick shout out to Helene Sarakis for giving me another coffee over on Kofi. If you want to support this show and the work I'm doing, please head over to Kofi. It's ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress. And basically for the price of a cup of coffee, once a month, you get all 12 episodes of the podcast. Uh, but if you don't support me, you can still get it uh, because I like to make that available for everyone, regardless of whether or not they can afford it. Um, but if you can afford it, please consider doing that. So big thank you to Helene. This is the second time she's done that. So really, really appreciate it. Okay. Um, oh, one more housekeeping thing before we dive into today's discussion. Um, I'm going to do holiday season episodes of Grow Your Brand because I was thinking about it and I was like, I don't want to completely go silent 
um, because like in the lead up to Christmas, New Year's, January 1, I find less people listen and watch content during that time, which is awesome. We should be taking a digital detox and taking time away to actually be able to spend time with the people we love, right? So that, that no problems there. But then I was like, I don't want to completely disappear. The other thing for me is in January, I'm moving up to Queensland. So some of you know this, I've talked about this before. I'm moving all the way up to Townsville from Wollongong, from overseas listeners. If you go and look at um, Townsville on the map, basically it's like far north Queensland. And at the moment I live in the sort of southeast of New South Wales. Uh, So it's quite a long journey. I think if you drove it straight, it takes 29 hours to drive up. So um, my husband and I are going to do like a two-week road trip, not the best time to be making podcasts. Uh, And then when we get there, we won't have a place. We'll be sort of staying in like uh, temporary accommodation. So uh, I was just like, take the pressure off. I'm going to do a weekly, I'm going to release a weekly interview during that time. So all the way up until the beginning of February. Uh, So there will be content, but it just won't be as much as what you used to know it will be, I'll actually call it, I think I have to call it season five, but it will essentially be my holiday season episodes. Okay. So today we're talking about negative comments, right? So I've been talking all year about like, especially on this, this segment on seen and heard, I'm like, you have to put yourself out there. You have to grow your brand. It's really important. You grow your brand. We have to promote ourselves. We have to let people know that we exist. If we don't, it's going to be very hard for people to want to engage with us, right? Like we, people need to know who we are before they can like and trust us. The problem is, is when we do that and when we do that from an authentic, vulnerable place, which is, I believe, where our best stories come from. And for a personal branding, I talk about this on other shows as well. It's so important that we show up as ourselves, I believe, um, And what I find is the more and more I work on showing up as myself, uh, the more and more my brand grows. So um, it's, it's sort of like if we're showing up super authentic and super vulnerable and we haven't got this wall up of like, okay, I'm protecting myself from criticism, when we get a negative comment, when we get criticized, it can like really you know, cut us and it can really affect us. And actually it can affect like our productivity. It can affect our self-image, self-esteem, all that kind of stuff. So what I'm going to do is I've broken this into a two-part series. When I say I've broken this into, I'm like in my head, I haven't recorded the next part of this yet. So today, Friday, we're doing part one and I'm going to talk about how to respond to negative comments from the perspective of, okay, what do we actually need to say? Like someone leaves a negative comment on your video, leaves a negative comment on your comment on someone else's thing, whatever it is, how do you respond to that? And then on Monday, we're going to talk more about the actual internal stuff that's going on. So more about why is it that our brain latches onto negative comments? Why is it that we've almost evolved to like feel this sense of shame and guilt? But shame is more what we're talking about here. And how do we handle that? How do we overcome that? So that will be on the Monday mindset issue issue episode, which um, only comes out as a podcast now. So if you're interested in that, once that's up, I'll put a link. If you're watching this on LinkedIn or Facebook or YouTube, I'll put a link to the Monday episode for part two once, it up, once it's up. But today, the reason I wanted to start off with just talking about how to respond is that's often like 
the the thing that we think about from a branding perspective, right? The external. Okay, someone's just said this. Someone's just accused me of this. Someone's just said this. What do I need to say? And how do I do that in a way that's not only going to protect my personal brand that I'm actively trying to build, but it's also going to help me potentially grow it, which I do believe we can do based on how we handle negative comments. So first things first, let's actually break down the different types of negative comments you get because not all negative comments are created equal. So the one that is talked about a lot and the one that we all know about is trolling. When people, so so what is a troll? Okay. <laughs> I mean, we kind of all know what trolling is, but I just want to shine a bit of light on this because it's something that I have talked about with other people and I've had to come at from a few different angles. So if someone's actually just trolling and we tend to see this, don't tend to see this a lot on LinkedIn, thankfully. Uh, you do see it on YouTube, you do see it on Facebook and you definitely see it on Twitter. Um, and, and what people are doing in, when someone's trolling you, it's like a game, right? So it's not actually like they really believe the things that they're saying. They're not, they're not going. So say for instance, um, that someone says to you like, oh, okay. I'm thinking about like women in business, right? Like you see this on Twitter, like someone will say something about like anti-feminist or anti-women, right? Um, and I, you know, I see, see, uh, women who are quite outspoken about empowering women talk about this on Twitter. Sometimes they're like this, I got this really weird letter that was like, you know, abortion is wrong. And like, how could you want to do this and blah. And it's like, it's not just like, um, sharing an opinion. It's actually like really aggressive and ugly and demeaning and dehumanizing. Um, and things that when you read it, you almost go like, no, surely like someone doesn't actually think this stuff. Right. You know, it's kind of like, but women should be in the kitchen, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, I'm trying to use like not super triggering examples um, because people do say some really, really ho- horrible stuff online. Um, but let's say that as an example, women should be in the ki- in the kitchen. They shouldn't be running businesses. Now, the chances are someone writing that is probably a troll um, because someone who actually believes that probably realizes that that's quite a an unacceptable way of looking at things in today's society and today's culture and probably wouldn't say anything. Maybe they would. Um, the, the key with someone who's like playing the game of trolling is to not feed the troll. Right. So, I mean, I've had things like, I think I even put it on the, um, yeah, I did. I put it on the image for this video, which was like, you know, someone <laughs> had written like, Oh my God, she's got such a big nose. And I'm like, okay, like, are you just wanting me to respond to that? Like, I I don't, whatever, like, who cares that you said that? Like, it doesn't like, but it's, it's like seeing, like, will this get this person to respond? Will this get this person angry or upset? Right. So a troll is looking for the reaction. They're looking for the game. So the best way to deal with that kind of stuff is just report it, block it, block that person and delete the comment right? You don't need to engage at all. If you engage, it's called feeding the troll. If you engage, that's what they want. So you're, and the big no, no that I've seen people do again, this is largely in like, um, uh, women who are, you know, talking about empowering women. I've seen this happen a bit. 
um, is they'll share what they got. So they get like a letter or they get a comment or they get a direct message or whatever. And it's like really horrible. And then they share it. And I'm like, you just did exactly what the troll wanted you to do. The troll wanted you to share it because that feed, that feeds their ego. Oh, I got to them. I got to them. I won. So you don't want to do that stuff. You just want to like, if you're with that stuff that like, it's like, this is harassment. This is really ugly and really horrible. It's probably a troll. And if it's serious, if you believe it's a serious thing, like someone's actually threatening you or something like that, then that's something you can also like um, flag with like, I mean, I haven't had this happen, but you can, if you get death threats, you can flag that with law people, you know, people in the law side of things. That's not my area. I don't know about that stuff. Um, I was like police, maybe I don't want to like be giving advice on stuff that I don't know about, but if, if you were genuinely concerned, that's, that's who I would be thinking of going to. So that's like one extreme, but there's a lot of other types of negative comments that aren't like that. Right. So there's things like, what about if someone's just like kind of criticizing you in a way that seems genuine? So I had one um, on YouTube, which I think, I don't think was trolling. I, and, you know, it can be a bit of a gray line, but I did this video on the law of attraction, sort of debunking the law of attraction and sort of explaining why actually neuroscience and psychology does a better job of explaining some of the phenomena that's talked about in the, the law of attraction. So I put that on YouTube and um, I had, I think the first uh, within the first like 20 views or something, someone disliked it and commented negatively on it. Uh, but pretty much everyone else has like liked it and positively responded to it. Right. Um, and so that always like gets to me a little bit. I'm like, Oh man, like the first person who like, you know, engaged with it was negative. This is not a good sign. Maybe I should take it down, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and the person said something like, you, uh, no offense, but you ha- sound like you have no idea what you're talking about. Right. And, uh, and I think especially because it was the first one, I was like, do I sound like I don't have an idea what I'm talking about? Let me watch it again. <laughs> and I was like, I was kind of watching it with that because I, you know, had released it the day before. So I kind of had that uh, space or that time to like, you know, distance myself from it and come back to it and be a bit more critical and analytical of the content. And I was like, oh, no, I'm I'm happy with this. I stand by what I said and how I said it. And, you know, but I don't think this person's trolling me. I think this person actually genuinely thinks that. So what I decided to do with a comment like that was I just said, um, hey, thanks for your comment. Um, you're entitled to that. Uh, did I say you're entitled to that opinion? I think I just said, um, or absolutely your prerogative to think that or, um, you know, something like that and just left it. And I kind of thought about it as like, well, one, getting comments on YouTube in general is good for a video to grow. So it actually helps. Me responding to a comment also helps a video to grow. Like you want to, YouTube's looking for, are people commenting, are people engaging with the, with the content? And I was like, and as long as I stand by what I said and how I said it, then yeah, of course there's going to be some people who think that that's stupid. Of course, that like, if you go out to enough people, eventually that's going to happen, right? People have opinions about things. 
Uh, it doesn't mean that that opinion's important. Well, it's worth what it's worth. It's an opinion, right? Um, which is not very much. <laughs> it's not worth very much. Um, so with those kind of comments, I think that it's sort of like reframing it a little bit. Again, we'll get into this more on Monday in terms of the mindset side of things. But from a branding perspective, it's not necessarily going to hurt your brand to have a comment like that. Because, and I heard this, um, I was listening to a podcast with Hosier and Blind Boy. So Blind Boy is a podcaster in Ireland who I love. I've mentioned him on the show before. He's one of my favorite podcasters. And these guys were talking about, you know, sort of dealing with, negative comments um, from the perspective of being an artist and creating something. And then some people just don't like your work. They don't like your songs or they don't like the way you present or the way you are in public or whatever. And they were talking about that. And one thing that um, Blind Boy had said was like, you know, the thing that I found really useful was going and looking at for people who I really admire, going and looking at the negative criticisms that were said for those people you know, people that I'm like, oh, I think they're awesome, right? So I think we can do that in, in the business space, in the branding space as well. Think about the people who you follow that you like, that you look up to and go and have a look at what's said about them. LinkedIn, actually, fortunately, and I'll get onto this more in a minute. I did mention this a little bit before too. LinkedIn is great because LinkedIn, largely people behave themselves, right, on LinkedIn because it's a professional platform. That's what I found. I found people are way nicer on LinkedIn than they are in other um, on other platforms. Still, sometimes people can be a bit snarky and stuff, but it will it tends to be more that like intellectual kind of. And I've I've been guilty of this before, where it's kind of like something. Something annoys you and you kind of come back at it with a bit of like, a, well, yeah, sure, but what about this? You know, and it's it's kind of maybe just a little bit, bit of tension in the comment, but that that's a bit different. Again, we'll talk about that more in a second. So have a think about like who do you like look up to and just go, I love their content, love what they say. Probably go and look at what people are saying to them on like either Twitter or Facebook or YouTube, not Facebook groups, because Facebook groups, you're probably not going to find as many negative comments. And on LinkedIn, like I said, probably not going to find as many negative comments, but go and look at content that they're putting elsewhere and what people are criticizing them for. And you'll kind of be like, yeah, even like people who I think are awesome, uh, criticized. I think I'm awesome. Hopefully you think you're, you are awesome as yourself. And so, yeah, some people are going to criticize me as well. Like it's kind of a sign that you're doing the right thing because if you're saying stuff that's too sort of like motherhood statement-y, you know, like if you're kind of just saying stuff that's like it's not really creating any tension, it's not really looking at how do I get people to think, how do I shift the needle, sorry, I know that's cliche, how do I, you know, prod things and poke things a little bit because we're like poking at pain points and we're kind of pointing things out that are problematic. Like as entrepreneurs, that's one of our jobs. Like we're meant to be challenging the status quo. This is why you shouldn't do things that this way. And as a result, people are not always going to like that, right? So it's kind of a sign that you're on the right track, but we just need to know how to cleverly respond to that. So I uh, personally, I kind of think just acknowledging someone who if they've got like a comment that's kind of like, look, I just don't agree. And I think, blah, I think just acknowledging it and kind of going, yeah, look, that's fine that you like, you know, thanks for your comment <laughs> kind of thing. Why not? Right. Um, I think 
so now let's get on to more the nuanced stuff and the stuff that we tend to deal with a lot in um as as brands right so and I'm thinking of things where I've actually given people negative feedback and criticism as well because I I think there is a place for it but again ideally if you're doing it for that like buzz if you're doing it for like the ego trip you're kind of getting into trolling territory (laughs) if you're doing it more as in like no I actually think this is a problem and I actually think something needs to be done about this then I think that can be quite useful so a couple of times where I've commented on things and I stand by the negative comment was one I saw it was the entourage had done a um, an event a virtual event I think it was in March or April Um, The Entourage, for people who don't know, is like an education kind of group for entrepreneurs and they're based in Sydney. They'd organised this virtual event and it was based around the whole COVID thing and and this I've seen this happen a lot and it just really got to me on this particular day uh, was there was like hardly any women speaking at this event. And uh, so Ronnie, Ronnie Khan was speaking um but and I think there was maybe one other person and there was like a pretty big lineup of speakers and I actually went to the website and I looked at all the speaking I was I was like like where are all the women <laughs> where are all the women for this event I, and I've, yeah, like I said I've seen it happen a lot and I, I I do tend to comment on stuff like this so I you know I said like it's it's a shame to see that in 2020 there's still such a strong underrepresentation of women in events like this, you know. Um, and I didn't say it wasn't like uh, – it wasn't snarky, I don't think. I didn't mean for it to come across as, as snarky. I meant it to come across as like disappointing, guys, really disappointing that you did that. And I think we have a right as consumers to do that. I'm disappointed by the fact that this happened. And they responded and they said something like, and, you know, don't quote me on this, but if you really want, I'm sure you could go and dig it up. on It's on LinkedIn somewhere. Uh, they commented on it kind of going like, oh, we put an invitation out to like um, a whole heap of people and these were the people that came back to us who were available and, you know, we really believe in diversity and blah, 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 blah. And I was kind of like... I didn't feel any better about it. I didn't feel like that really answered the question. I didn't really feel like that did anything. And it just felt a little bit like not real. Like the the way it kind of felt like, oh, let's try to pacify this situation. And I think that's where we actually need to be really careful as a brand. If we're kind of just going like, don't really want to admit fault, don't want to really take on board what you said, we're just going to justify why we did the thing that as you pointed out is true, I think that can actually be worse than not saying anything, in my opinion. The reason is, is when we do that, when we're just kind of like we're not validating someone's point and, you know, look, they could have, I, I remember not feeling validated. I Like I'd have to go back and look at exactly what they said. They could have said something like appreciate the point. They may have said that, but I remember walking away not feeling validated. And it's not necessarily about like, oh, I feel validated uh, for, for a personal sense. It's more like, is this going to change at some point? Like the, the whole point of me writing this was to be like, really in 2020, this is still happening? Like, okay. So I think a better course of action 
is actually when you get that feedback and you kind of like this person has a point, right? I think what we need to do when that happens is, is talk about what we're doing to change that. So it could be something like, let's say the same scenario, same thing happened. It's like, you know what, you're right. Working on this will do better next time. Or we've actually just do something about it. We've actually just added another three people into um, uh, three women speakers into this. I think they did also maybe ask me for some speakers. Like, do you know anyone? I was like, yeah, heaps of people. <laughs> like, and then I just tagged a bunch of people in it. Um, but I, th- I think actually just sometimes if you kind of like, yeah, you know what, we dropped the ball on that, just say it. Or like, you know, yeah, we've got to allow more time to, to plan for things, you know. Um, or do also you can potentially even do a direct message. So if someone's like doing that a few times, let's say you've got someone who for whatever reason has started to comment on your stuff and it's it's clearly triggering something for them, right? It's it's some it's an area they're passionate about, it's an area that they're an advocate about and you're kind of like we're not really um able to or haven't been able to do this for whatever reason, you know, like negative feedback like even let's use a different example. Let's use an example like what about if someone's just like disappointed in your technology, right? Like I could write to Roadcaster right now and be like, guys, why does this sometimes not work? This is really frustrating. I'm really annoyed. Or I could do, you know, I've seen people do YouTube videos about it. Like, yeah, this is a really annoying thing about this product. Um, what you can do there is more like go directly to the person. So actually write to them and say, hey, saw your YouTube video or saw your comment, saw your feedback, Um, really appreciate. And actually, like, you have to mean it though, right? Like, really do appreciate what you're saying. Here's here's what's going on for us and here's what we're doing to change this. Um, Do you want to set up a time to chat? Like just, just being human about it. Do you want to have a conversation about it? Get what you're kind of saying. It actually makes me think of, so I know everyone's really into the crown at the moment. I'm getting pretty into the crown, um, but I'm like behind. So I watched a bit of the crown, like, oh, when was it? I think I started watching when it was only season one. And then I like had a big break and then I was like, oh yeah, like that was actually a pretty good show. Like maybe I should watch it. So now I'm like, almost all the way through season two. And I just watched the episode where, uh, you know, Queen Elizabeth was being criticised for the way that she spoke in public. And it was kind of like some of the way that she was speaking was just like really actually pretty like almost like offensive. (laughs) And it was just like, you know, the average man and woman kind of thing. That's for people who watch The Crown, you might know what I'm talking about. Anyway, and this, this is based on, you know, real events as most of The Crown stuff is. Um, in a, in an interesting storytelling way <laughs> and a particular lens, but um, it was talking about how uh, you know, like it, it kind of showed how that when um, so the queen was really hurt by like you know this is what they show on the crown the queen's really hurt by like oh they're like criticizing my speeches and like how I talk and all this kind of stuff, um, 
Thank you. I got I just got a comment from a LinkedIn user saying great points. Thank you. Um, sorry, I don't know. Sometimes it doesn't say um, names. So just let me know who you are and I'll give you a proper, proper shout out. But thank you. Um, so on the crown, uh, I think it's Lord. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, but he's like, you know, he goes to her with basically like, this is what you can change. These points of what you can change. And Queen Elizabeth's quite like, you know, I'm not very happy about this, but all right, like what do I need to do to, to, to change this? Like what, what would you have me do kind of thing? And he's like, well, meet average people, like let average, the average person into um, the, the palace, right? Let them like meet with other people outside of the royal circles. Let people who are divorced move more freely around um, royal circles, you know, and at one point she goes like, why would I do that? Like I'm the the head of the the Anglican church, like, you know, and divorce isn't allowed kind of thing. And he says, because it's unkind, because <laughs> it's not a kind thing to do. Um, and he actually had all these really good points and it turned out that they actually ended up implementing most of the points that he brought up about how to sort of, I guess, change the image of the crown, um, you know, and they were like, people were basically like, this did it. This was huge. People in that circle were like, this was, you know, pretty big game changer for, um, for the crown and for their PR and optics and that kind of stuff. Right. So sometimes our negative feedback and negative comments can be a huge advantage, but we just need to make sure we're understanding that nuance of when it's something that could really help us either if not now if it's kind of like look we made this mistake but we'll do better in the future like I mean think about it just even with like our day-to-day interactions like if you genuinely make a mistake we're allowed to make mistakes we're humans and humans run brands we're allowed to make mistakes if we genuinely just make a mistake and we just go you know what I fucked up like how much easier is that to forgive? How much easier is that to get over? You know, if someone just goes, yeah, you're right. Just didn't even think of that. Didn't even cross our minds. When we try to justify and sort of, you know, counter things, are you like, that's actually a legitimate negative criticism of me, um, of the brand, of what I said, then I think we really need to take that on board. That's our best learning opportunities in some ways. So it's sort of like if we, come at it from that angle of, all right, this isn't just about like protecting us in the sense of like, we don't look bad, but actually like, okay, let's take this on. The thing is, is you do end up looking better as well. The, one of my favorite examples of how this played up in terms of um, advertising mistakes was when KFC ran out of chicken. (laughs) So KFC runs out of chicken because they changed their supplier to a cheaper supplier and that supplier couldn't actually deliver on the goods. And uh, so what happened was they ran out of chicken. KFC running out of chicken, like what? So what they did is they had buckets that changed it from KFC to um, FCK. <laughs> like they, and if, apparently like there was a lot of contention about whether or not they did, they should do it. But it actually ended up going viral. And it, like, I mean, it's funny, right? Like then you kind of go, at least they owned up to it. Okay, we can move past that. We can move past that now. So funny. Good on you guys for acknowledging it. I'm not endorsing KFC or anything like that. But I think that way of responding is very clever. 
we stuffed up. We did something wrong. Sorry about that. We'll try better next time. Okay, cool. Done. I feel validated. I feel heard. Let's move on. The final point, I just realized we're at the 30 minute mark. I, I want to, I want to sort of finish up on this point around acting in good faith, because I think that that actually makes a massive difference to how you get criticized and what happens and how you feel about it and how you respond to it. So if you're doing the best you can, right, and you, it's sort of almost like you're acting in accordance with, your, um, with, your, with what you know and what you think is right and you make a mistake, it's a lot easier for people to go, oh, okay, you made a mistake. But when you're acting in bad faith, when it's like you do know better and you, you are aware and then you continue to ignore that, that's when people kind of, one, like people generally get the sense that like you'd know better than this, but also you're going to find it harder to defend. It's really interesting. And like I've been, I've done both. I've done things where I'm like, oh, this is a bit of a gray area. Oh, I just won't think about it. And I just, um, cause this is easier to do and uh, I won't worry about it. This is 10 more in my twenties. I don't think I, I think I can proudly say hand on heart. I haven't done this in my thirties, but you know, like, I mean, sort of like those tactics that you go, Oh, they're just a bit invasive. They're just a bit, you know? So when I, um, started doing LinkedIn outreach, when I look back on that, I'm like, Oh, that's a bit spammy Lauren. And you probably did know better. And you probably, when people wrote back and they were a bit annoyed about your message, you know, you kind of knew that that could be annoying, you know, and I, I never sent anything that was like, let me sell to you, but it was just still could be a little bit seen as like a bit pushy. And that's, that's a strategy that people use. Um, but I don't, I don't feel comfortable within myself using that kind of pushy strategy. It's just not who I am. Sort of like the same with cold calling, right? Like cold calling people talk about is like, it's a legitimate strategy. It's a legitimate thing that can get you business. But for me, I'm like, I don't feel good about it because I hate when people cold call me. I hate it. I don't care whether it's relevant or not. Don't interrupt me in my day to call me about something that you want to sell to me. Send me an email, send me a message, whatever. That's fine. Don't give me a call. Don't want that. And some people are okay with it, right? But for me to act in accordance with my values and feel like I'm doing the right thing, I don't think I could put hand on heart. I think I would be acting in bad faith. Some of the tactics that are used in business, I don't think ethically I would feel comfortable with, you know. And when you are out of alignment there ethically, when someone challenges on it, challenges you on it, you can get this real sense of like, oh yeah, okay. Like you're kind of right, but like, I didn't have time or I just really wanted this sale. I just really need to do this. So now I feel like I need to justify, you know, like going back to the entourage example, like I think they knew, I think like, cause they even said like, oh, we, you know, really believe in diversity and stuff. And I've seen them do some great stuff on like talking about business for purpose and stuff like that. But I'm like, either the person writing that comment or someone in that team knew, like, I do think they acted in bad faith by not getting like nowhere near equal representation of women and men. Like if it's like, oh, look, it's four men and three women or four women and three men, right? 
that's one thing. Same with this podcast. Sometimes I have more men, sometimes I have more women, but generally if you look over the year, it's about 50-50. It might be one or two more men, maybe even a little bit more than that, but over 100 episodes, you know, that's going to happen. So it's sort of like, guys, this is not like, we're not talking about like, because they also... I shouldn't be ranting about this so much, but it's just that like I believed as the person giving the feedback that it wasn't done in good faith. And I think that's also why the the message came back as not being in good faith. Um, hello, Mon. You said watching here from the Philippines. Nice to see you. Thanks for saying hello. Um, you're tuning in at a point where I'm kind of ranting a bit, but <laughs> my last live stream for the year, why not? Um, so I think that th- there's a really if you would stand by your actions and be like, no, 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 I think I'm, I'm doing the best I can. Or it's just, I complete blind spot did not even think about that. Thanks for making us aware of it. We'll take it on. I think that's a lot easier when it comes to the stuff where we're like, yeah, like I actually, I get you. It like probably wasn't the best thing. And also if someone else did that, I would be annoyed. That's when we can feel really uncomfortable. So We're going to dive into this a lot more on Monday for the mindset side of things, like how we actually feel internally, how we actually cope with this and how we can use this to grow as a person. Because you know what? Like we've all done this stuff. We've all done stuff where we're like, oh, that was a bit of a gray area. That was a bit of a like, I don't know, all I can, and this is uncomfortable. So I don't want to think about it. I'm going to justify my actions. Right. Like we all do that because we're humans. But from a branding perspective, it also has an effect because when we're when we're not in alignment with our values and we're not acting in that way, it people can tell people can tell when we're being inauthentic, when we're doing things that we don't necessarily think are the right things to do, when we're treating customers in the way we don't think are the right ways to treat our customers, when we're treating employees in the way that we don't think is right to treat employees. Like what happens is it does get reflected in our brand. It does get reflected and then people also will say things about it. I do honestly believe that all of us are doing the best we can and the thing that's really exciting about leaning into negative criticism and leaning into negative comments when it doesn't actually personally affect you, when you're kind of like, I can t- take a step back and see this for what it is, it can actually be super powerful. So to wrap up today's episode, a few things we covered, right? If it's legit, you're just like, this is a troll who just wants a reaction. You'll know because they're writing things in a way where they're trying to really like get to you. And it's just like, what, like, what are you saying? Like, this is bizarre. And it doesn't even really make sense. Did you even really watch what I was talking about? And it's just like snarky report, block, delete. That's it. That's all you need to do with that kind of stuff. Don't even like give it the time of day. If you spend a lot of time like giving those people energy, like the only person that loses is you don't even engage. Just literally it can be really tempting can be really tempting, but I think the best thing to do is just, cool, they're playing a game. I don't want to play their game. Fuck off. Then you have the people who are like, uh, this, they're, they're quite mean in the way they write their comment, but you're like, no, they actually believe this. This is, they actually think this, they think I'm an idiot and they're angry, but they're not trolling. So th- that in that case, one thing we didn't get to talk about in that case, that 
says more about that person than it does about you. That person wouldn't put something out there like this. Maybe they want to and they're kind of like, this is about their relationship with themselves and the world, right? And I'm the scapegoat. Something about what I've said has triggered them or something in the, what my actions has triggered them and, and they're upset. Then you have the kind of more like, okay, this is a negative piece. This is a negative comment, um, negative criticism, but it's written in a way. And again, this is more what we see on LinkedIn. It's written in a way where it's kind of constructive, but it can still hurt. Like the example I gave with what I said to the entourage. I've done it a few times. Actually, I've been like really disappointing that this event has done this because it's something that I advocate for and I really believe in and I don't think should be happening in 2020. And I have the right to do that. And your customers and consumers and audience has the right to do that as well. So listen when when it's something you're like, that's actually a good point. This is helping me get a three-dimensional perspective or a deeper perspective or a deeper understanding for how different people are seeing this. Take it on board. But don't take it on board as in like, I feel this shame and hurt and I'm a horrible person. I should never do this again. Take it on board as like, made a mistake going to happen when I'm putting out heaps of content here's how I'm going to do better next time thank you so much for your help in helping me and us to grow and then you have the stuff that's like what was the last thing I said oh then you have the stuff that's more like um you know where you might actually need to get in touch with someone and talk to them like you know a human Oh, I remember the other thing. And thank you for the love who's watching this on Facebook. Mezzi, you said love that resilience training. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) I didn't even think about it from a resilience perspective. But on Monday, Mez, I'm going to talk about this more from a mindset perspective. So I appreciate that comment because it gives me some more ideas of how to to talk about this through that that lens. I was going to talk about it more from the sense of like avoidance motivation, you know, like, oh, okay, I feel shame. Um, I don't want to feel that shame again because our brains are like negative stuff is bad, pain is bad, move away from it. And then how that can, you know, lead to us not actually putting stuff out that we want to want to put out. <laughs> and uh, for people listening, Mez just laughed as well on Facebook. Um, so, yeah. Um, oh, the final thing was like, yeah, are you acting in good faith? If you're not acting in good faith, if you're doing something, you're like, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. We all do it where you just go, oh, is this really ethically right? Not going to think about that. It's like your little conscience, your little angel on your shoulder going, okay, uh, Lauren, is this really the right thing to be doing? And the, the other part is going, yeah, yeah, it is the right thing to be doing because like you really want more clients and like this is an easy way to do that. And Angel's like, yeah, but can we do it in a more ethical way? Right? Like we all get this. We all have to work out where that line is. But if you're acting in bad faith, if you're actually going, you're letting that devil on your shoulder have a bit more control, you're going to feel really uncomfortable when you get the negative comments because you're going to be like, oh, yeah, probably was annoying people a bit. Fair play. <laughs> Mez, you said so interesting. Can't wait to see it. Well, the Monday one will just be on the podcast show. Um, so like I said, guys, and I will wrap up, promise. I keep saying I'm going to wrap up, but I'm not. Um, on Monday, we'll talk more about shame. We'll talk more about mindset. We'll talk more about one of my favorite books, Rising Strong by Brene Brown, and how the stories that we tell ourselves based on this negative feedback 
based on kind of challenging social norms, which is what we're doing as entrepreneurs, challenging cultural norms, putting almost like putting a foot out of line. That's kind of part of our job, how that can affect us internally. And these two parts go together. These two parts go together. Uh, If people really want, I can do it as a live stream on video instead of just an audio. So if you're watching this now or you're watching this on the playback and you'd prefer to see it as a video like this as well as on the podcast, I'll do that. Just let me know. All right. I think that's it for today. Thank you so much to uh, everyone who has been listening, watching, following along for 2020. I can't believe we're nearly at a close. Thank God. I mean, you know, some amazing things have happened this year for people and there's definitely been some silver linings, but I think we're all looking forward to 2021, the vaccines coming in. We can all be safer and healthier and learn from this and grow from this, which I think is really exciting. So, um, yeah, this is my last seen heard live stream. Um, one final thing just for a bit of fun. If you want to say like a completely different side of me, I've mentioned on the show before that I um, really love playing chess, complete amateur, like not going to pretend I'm any good, but I love playing chess. And I want to give a shout out to one of my friends, Simon Terrington. He's a chess friend of mine over in the UK. And he did a YouTube video as sort of like, so I, I was the first person to subscribe to his channel. It's called Chess with Simon. Uh, and it's awesome. He's like analyzes chess games is really cool. So the first video he did was him playing chess with like, you know, these guys are like amazing chess players and it's him and someone else. And the second video he did was a breakdown of a game I'm actually pretty proud of that I played with someone else. So if you happen to be a chess fan, um, I just wanted to give him a shout out to be like, go check out his channel. It's awesome. Um, I was super proud of my game. So have a look at that. <laughs> That's on the back for me, um, but it might be something fun on the weekend for people who are into that. I know that's completely random and completely different to growing your brand and your business, um, but, you know, we all have hobbies. So have a fantastic weekend, everyone. Thank you so much for being part of my journey this year. I'll be back on Monday for that Monday Mindset episode for part two on negative comments, and I look forward to seeing you then. Until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. See you later. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice cold Coca Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors.